What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Contact Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. I am fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm excited about today. I'm excited about everything that's going on. I know I spoke about it a little bit on the last episode, just everything that's going on in my life and, and the things that the Lord's doing, not only in my life, but just that I'm seeing in other people and through other people and speaking with other people the way that the Lord is moving. And it's, it's a very exciting time. And so if this is the very first time that you're tuning in, um, thank you so very much for checking it out. Thank you for spending some time with me today as I try to encourage you, try to build your faith, and try to um, just help with a plan of attack. That's that's the point of this episode today. Um, I spoke a couple weeks ago, the the first episode of this little series, and I had originally planned for it to be a two-parter, as you guys know, but um, the Lord had other plans, and it was just too much to go into um, and in these two separate passages. And so today I want to try to get into the um, third passage that I wanted to get into, and that is in Exodus chapter 14. But the first thing that I want to say before um, we get into this passage, and this is a lengthier passage, we're going to read a good portion of chapter 14, but I feel like it's important, and I think that there is a lot in there that you can use when we talk about a plan of attack, and we're going to see just what that means to have a plan of attack, and then also just how strong God is. Because I talked about a little bit last week how there's a there's a passage in, in Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, where it says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your learned to go about with truth. And then it goes into the the separate pieces of the armor, right? Well, one thing that I did not highlight last week, and I'm going to try to do that a little bit today, is just that word stand. Because sometimes when the storms of life come, we don't feel like we can stand. We just feel like we're getting knocked back or knocked down. and We're just constantly picking ourselves up. But like it says in, I believe it's Proverbs, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again, right? And we could do that through the power of Jesus. And so kind of talking a little bit fast today, but there's a lot that I want to get into. So I'm very excited. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, one thing that I want to say is when we talk about God's power and we talk about how the enemy, and I know I'm kind of repeating myself here, some of these things that I'm saying um, I, I kind of touched on in previous episodes, but I didn't fully get out what all I feel like the Lord had for me to say on that specific topic. And so it brings me to this right here. Just the the enemy tries to make us feel like he is so much bigger than he is. And I know I've said that before, but really we just need to grasp that and understand really how insignificant he actually is and how much he hates for us to realize that, right? He doesn't want us to think that he is actually insignificant. He wants us to to build him up like he's so massive in our mind that he could do so much. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not powerful. I mean, he, he has power. He's not all-powerful is what I meant to say. He's not God. He's just a copycat, right? And so when I think about that, and I've really been praying over this passage, praying over this message that I feel like the Lord has led on my heart to share with you guys today is, is just to realize that the, in, the how insignificant <laughs> I can't even talk how insignificant Satan really is in the end. So, it, and, and one thing that I like to relate, if you've listened to this show in the past, you know that I like to bring up my kids a lot, and so it, it just takes me to this place of whenever I get home from work every single day, my son. If you have young boys. Whenever I get home from work every single day, the first thing that my son says, and actually I just posted a video on my Instagram today. The recording date right now is September 8th, and I posted a video last night where my son was asking me to, to wrestle with him. He just says, fight. He says, you know, let's go fight in my room. 
and we go in there and we wrestle around him and the, and um, his little brother. He's two, and and it's just every day, and it's something that I look forward to too. It's just, and that's so important for us to to let them test their strength against us and and get in there, just kind of move them around a little bit and have a good time. But um, in, in thinking about that, there's a lot of times where I'll let my son kind of push, you know, kind of push back, and I'll you know fall, kind of flop over or fall on the ground and and act like I'm hurt. And he'll, you know, WWE style, climb, climb up on the, the uh, he's got a bunk bed. Not really a bunk bed. It's like a uh, a loft type bed where he's got underneath a little play area where he's got his books and toys and all that stuff. And so anyway, he'll climb up the ladder and I'll be on the ground and he'll jump on top of me, you know, or he'll jump, you know, run up and try to jump on my back or, or jump on my stomach. And it doesn't really have an effect on me, Right. And and in his mind, he's probably thinking, you know, I'm doing damage right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and he could do whatever he wants to do. And yeah, maybe sometimes I'll feel feel a little bit if he hits, hits me, you know, as hard as he can. But in the end, he's four years old, and I'm 28 years old. I'm, I'm just so much bigger than him physically, just because of our age difference, right? And just because I'm a grown man and he is a child, he is four years old. Just think about that. He, in his mind, he's thinking, like I said, he's doing damage, which is what I think the enemy sometimes could think that he, 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 which he does do damage. But I think he sometimes he gets a little too cocky, a little too arrogant in himself to think that he's doing more than he actually is doing. And he's thinking, I am doing all this to destroy the kingdom. But in all actuality, it's like me fighting against my four-year-old son, where he's not really doing anything to me. And any time that I want to, I could just pick him up and move him around wherever I want to because I am so much stronger. Than he is. It's not an even matchup. That's the same way that it is with God. The enemy could try to throw everything that he can at us. He could try to throw everything that he he can at God, thinking I'm going to do damage with this. But in the end, it's insignificant. It doesn't matter because of the power that God has over the enemy. That's why we can say confidently, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I think we need to remember that. You know, I know I've said it time and time again over these last couple of weeks. It's not an even matchup. It is a landslide. It's a blowout, right? It's it's me, a 28-year-old man, fighting against a four-year-old child, right? And so, and I'm not saying my son's weak. My son is tough. My son's strong. I'll take my son against uh, any of you out there. If y'all got any four-year-olds, I'll take, I'll take him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm um, just kidding. But uh, so let's get into the, the passage of Scripture here. This is Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start in chapter in uh, verse number 13. And I want to kind of, as I've done the last couple of weeks, kind of slowly go through this. I know that it's about, let's see, we're going to go from 13 to 31. So it's about 18 verses. So it is a lengthier passage of Scripture, but I think there's a lot of, of gold in there. So I'm going to try to get through it quickly, but at the same time, I want to stop at a couple different places, so so I'm just going to shut up and just go ahead and get into this. So verse 13, it says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Um, I've not heard a pastor talk about spiritual warfare and use this specific passage. Maybe one has, but I talked to um, a buddy the other day, and I said I was going to use this for spiritual warfare, and he he was kind of like, "What? What even is that chapter?" And you know, it's the crossing of the Red Sea. But I just think it's 
it, it may not specifically say spiritual warfare or or anything like that in this in this uh, text here, but I believe we can relate it. A lot of things that we see in the Bible, a lot of things that we can relate with the different heroes of the Bible, um, it, it can relate to us today. So I feel like this is a good um, um, example of what it means to have a plan of attack. Because we see here, if we look in verse 13, what does he say? He said, Moses says to the people, fear not, stand firm. That goes back to what we read last week with Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand. God wants us to stand. And when we're standing, our eyes need to be fixed on him because he is the rock. He is our salvation. He's a fortress that cannot be moved. When we have our eyes fixed on him, like I said last week, talking about Peter, when he walks on the water, we can do the impossible through God, right? He can give us the power to overcome anything because, going back to that verse again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So um, let's go to verse number 14 now. It says, "The Lord uh, Moses says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. So I've been reading some commentary on this passage right here. And one commentator had this to say about verse 14. He says, though their fear made them want to run, God said, stand firm. Right. That was the order. That was the command for them to stand. And that's the same command for us today. Act in spite of your fear and and, and, and instinct to run, but just to stand and the Lord will fight for you. Lean into him. Lean into the truth of his unchanging word. Trust and believe in him to fight your battles for you. So if you look in verse 13, what does it say? It says uh, he, he tells them to stand firm and see the salvation. He doesn't tell them to prepare themselves for battle. He doesn't tell them to turn around and attack. He says, stand there and watch what I do. Watch the victory that I am going to give to you. And what is he doing right there also? He's building their faith. He's showing them that when you are fully trusting in me, look what I can do for you. Look at the victory. The odds are all stacked in your fa- in, in, against you. You're standing there looking at the Red Sea on one side, and you look back and you see all these chariots and, and, and this army coming at you, getting ready to slaughter you, right? And what does God say? He says, stand and see the salvation that I give to you today. It reminds me of that verse in uh, in Psalms. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So to wrap the last three episodes up talking about attack, when the Lord tells us to trust him, he's asking for our full faith and our full confidence in him. And what does he say in return for that faith that we put in him and for that confidence? He says here in verse 13, See the salvation. Stand firm. Right? Don't give in to your, your fear. Don't give in to your in, instinct to try to turn and run. Stand firm. So I know I need to kind of get through. I'm, I'm kind of spending more time on this than I wanted to. Um, let's, let's skip down now to verse, let's see, verse 19. It says, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. Actually, let's go back a little bit more. Let's go to 16. 
So uh, Moses, uh, the Lord tells Moses, you know, to lift up his staff and, and stretch it out over the water, over the sea. In verse 16, he says, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh his chariots, and his horsemen. Pharaoh thought he was invincible. He's probably riding through there, smug, cocky, big old grin on his face, thinking this is going to be easy for me, just like the enemy thinks for us, thinks towards us. This is going to be easy for me because I have so much power over what I am about to try to consume, over what I'm trying to to dominate, trying to control, right? But what does God say? He says, the Egyptians shall know. And ultimately, the devil, you will know that I am the Lord. That's what God is saying here. Right. So back to verse 19. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night long. So what does he do? He puts a hedge of protection around them. He puts that that pillar, that cloud in between Pharaoh and his army and his people. And he says, no, you're, not, you're not getting my people. You could try all you want to. You're not getting my people. Verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry. And the waters were divided. Verse 22, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. God is always going to provide a way of escape, right? That's what he did here. And that's what he's going to do. That's what he is going to do with us. No matter the situation, he is always going to provide a way of escape. Verse 23, so the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning, the Lord in the pillar of fire of the cloud, uh, let's see, and in the morning, the Lord in the pillar of the fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. So these dudes, they just witnessed all these plagues Right, that just happened uh, previously, earlier in the chapter in the book. Right, they just seen their firstborn for, firstborn sons be killed, the frogs, the locusts, the darkness. Right, the blood, the 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 uh, sea turned into blood. Right, so they just see all these these uh, signs of God's power, and yet they're thinking in this moment, okay, their God's not going to fight their battle for them. Now is our time to attack. Now is our time to get them. But then what happened? The Lord threw them into a panic. And what did they say right away? Oh, gosh, the Lord is fighting for them. Verse 26, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Verse 28, The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, all of the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, 
the waters being a wall to them, on their right and on their left. Verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel, just like He is going to save you time and time again. God's Word is unchanging. He is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So the God that we are reading about in Scripture right now is the same God that we serve today. Verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Verse 31, Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And, and, and this is what, don't let this get lost on you right here, this, this next phrase. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Don't let this phrase right here get lost on you. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord. We need to remember that fear of the Lord should be our response, right? That, that respect. We need to take his work that he does for us on our behalf seriously. We need to show him that respect. We need to show him that we honor him. We need to show him that we are thankful for the hedge of protection that he places around us every single day. So when we talk about having a plan of attack, it's to stand firm and it's to wait on the Lord. I can't remember the exact reference off the top of my head, but there's a verse in the Bible and, and they made it a song as well where it says, um, they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. Right? They will walk and not be weary. He is going to give you the power. He's going to give you the strength that you need. And if you want to talk about how strong is he? So let's say, okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let God fight my battles for me. Maybe out there you you kind of understand. You say, yeah, I recognize that. I understand that that God is powerful. But how 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 powerful exactly is he? Let's flip to Psalms chapter 97, and and I love this. I love this chapter. Um, it is only eh, twelve verses. We're gonna read about half of them. All right, this is, uh, this is, uh, goodness gracious, this, this verse just gives me chills, these first couple verses. Psalms 97, it says, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Okay, first of all, let's, let's really pull out from this what it is saying about the Creator. This is the person that, this is the, the being that created us, God Almighty. This is, describing him, okay? Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. This is why we need to have that respect. We need to have that fear of God because this is terrifying to think of, right? God is sovereign. He is almighty. He loves us, but you do not want to be on his bad side, right? Listen to this description. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne, right? Because we know he knows no sin, there is nothing sinful about him at all, right? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Verse 3, fire goes before him and burns up all the adversaries around him. <laughs> so you read this and you're like, goodness gracious, why would I ever be scared of anything the enemy is going to throw at me when I am a child of God that whenever something, one of his adversaries try to come near him or try to do anything to him, fire goes before him and burns them all up. Verse 4, his lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. This is the one that's crazy too, just because 
it's so relatable to me because uh, my daughter has gotten to where she's real, I guess, a big fan of mountains because all of a sudden she's she's pointing out mountains. Is that a mountain over there? Or is that just a hill? Is that a mountain? You know, she's real fascinated with with mountains out of nowhere. And and so this verse right here really hits home. Verse five: the mountains melt like wax before the Lord. I mean, come on. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that loves you so much that he sent his son, his one only son, to die on the cross for you. And you think he's going to let some insignificant being, you know, a fallen angel that thought that he could be God, you think he's going to let that little peon get to you? No. No. The second that you come to that saving realization and you ask Jesus into your heart and into your life and you are adopted into the family of God, this is your bodyguard right here, Psalms 97. This is describing your bodyguard. This is describing who's got your back. When you have somebody like this that is fighting for you, heck yeah, I'm just going to stand here. Because what I'm going to stand here and trust you. I'm going to stand here and lean on you. Because what can I do as this tiny speck on this tiny planet? What am I going to do? What kind of firepower am I going to personally do when I have God Almighty who burns up adversaries that are all around him? I mean, it's insane to think about. But these are things that the enemy does not want us to get into our minds because he wants us just to downplay how big God is. But we need to get in the Word. That's why we need to be in the Word daily and, and to understand these things fully, right? Verse number six, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people will see his glory. Verse seven, all worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols or even make their boast in, in themselves, right? Saying, I can do this alone, right? Those people are put to shame. Skip down to verse number nine. It says, for you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth, not part of the earth, not some of the earth, over all of the earth. You are exalted far above all little g gods. The end of verse 10, I love too. He says, he delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Right? He's not going to let the enemy get to you. He delivers you. He loves you. He provides for you. He takes care of you. And then verse 12, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name because he is worthy. I want to flip over to, to um, 1 Peter chapter 5. And, and, and I made a video about this today just because this whole week the Lord has had me in this passage here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And one thing that has really been exciting and really been awesome to me is just he's revealed something different to me every single night. And there's only 14 verses in this chapter, so it's not real long. But the thing that he has really revealed to me is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. And like I said, I made a video about it today. So if you saw that, you'll just have to bear with me because I'm kind of going to be repeating myself a little bit. Um, I made a video on my Instagram. But anyway, it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. First of all, I have in my Bible underlined those words separately at the beginning of that verse where it says, after you have suffered a little while. 
that goes back to what we have talked about before, that everything in life is a season. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you, not has called some, it says he's called you. A million different people could pick up this Bible that I have right now and read it, and it's talking to them. Right? There's no exclusivity in this verse. It doesn't say, I have selected a few people. It says, the God of all grace, who has called you, that is you that is listening right now. You might be the only person that's listening to this right now, and this is for you. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore. And that's the thing about it. After you have suffered whatever trial, whatever temptation that you are going through, the creator of the universe, the one that the mountains melt like wax, the one that that fire consumes his adversaries that try to think they're going to come step to him, he will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He's not going to send somebody your way. He's not going to, and, and sometimes he will use people, right? Correctly, he will. But this verse is telling us when you are, are on the other side of whatever it is that you are dealing with, and we are all going through things, right? We've talked about that before. When you get to the other side of that, the creator of the universe is the one that is going to restore you, that is going to confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He's not going to give you the power to do it yourself because we cannot do anything apart from him. Right? He is going to do it himself. God Almighty will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So lean into that. Trust him fully. So, bottom line, that's... that's oh, man. I, it's It's exciting. It's very exciting. That's that's all that I have um, in terms of what I wanted to get into today. But I just feel like, all, with all that being said, our best plan of attack is to stand on the Word, stand on the truth, stand on God, and He will fight your battles for you. All you have to do is stand and see, like He said there in verse 13 of Exodus chapter 14, stand and see the salvation which I will give to you today over your enemy. Right? So with all that being said, thank you so very much for listening. If this is something that you enjoy, I hope that you will share it. hope that you will like, comment, all that stuff. And if you listen on um, Apple or whatever the platform is, I do ask that you would do me a favor and scroll all the way down and give me five stars or four stars. If you think it's less than four stars, don't even worry about it. But four or five stars, it does help me out because what it does is the more um, um, engagement I get in terms of people commenting on there and, and giving me the stars and stuff like that, it pushes it out to more people. And my goal is 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 to reach as many people as I can with the gospel. I feel like God has laid that on my heart to do, to try to point as many people as I can to Him, encourage as many people as I can, and build as many people's faith up as I possibly can. And so you can play a part in that as well, um, just with doing that. And also ask that you pray for me. I pray for all my listeners every single day. I'm so thankful for every single one of you. Thankful for all the conversations that we have. It's been a true blessing. And um, I would just continue to pray for you guys. And, and I'm going to be doing this as long as the Lord allows me. So with that being said, um, if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, 
maybe today something that was said. Um, I know that I am not good enough to, on my own, have said anything that could have had any kind of effect on you at all. Um, I know that if that took place at all today, it was all because of God. I am just a vessel that I have submitted to him fully and asked him to use me however he sees fit. So if if something that was said today kind of tugged at the strings of your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. That doesn't have anything to do with me. All it has to do is it, all it has to do with is God's power. And so if you are that person and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's very simple. He has done all the work for you. In Romans 4, 5, it tells us that works are not what get you into heaven. But it says that faith is counted as righteousness. Faith in Him, that He is who He says He is, and He has done what He said that He has done, which is died on the cross for your sins. Maybe today you realize that I need to have a personal relationship with Him. Well, if, if that is you and that is the case, it's very simple. All you have to do is, it's the ABCs. A, you acknowledge that you are a sinner. B, you believe, like I said, that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And then C, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. It's very simple. It's not the prayer, it's not the words that get you into heaven, right? That will be work. But it's the belief in your heart and the outward confession with your mouth that you are saying, Lord, I need you. Come into my life and save me. So if that's something that you want to do, you could just say something like this. It's very simple. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that I need a Savior. So right now, Father, the best that I know how, I pray that you forgive me of my sins, come into my life, save me, and make me whole. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's as simple as that. And if you said that prayer with me today, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And I'm right there with them. I would love to hear from you if you said that prayer with me. Um, and, and last week, I gave out my email. It was the wrong email. So <laughs> um, it, it, my email is actually donovanljones1994 at gmail.com. If you said that prayer with me today, I'd love to hear from you. Or you can also follow me on uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, I have you, my YouTube channel, which I haven't really been on that as much the last couple weeks, but um, yeah, just give me a follow. I'm, I, on everything, I'm called to act podcast, so it's it's easy to find on all platforms. It's it's called to act podcast. I also have TikTok too, but gosh, I, I mean, I'm 28 years old, but I feel like a million when I get on that thing. That's that's uh, I think that's I'm a little too old for that, but uh, <laughs> but God bless you guys. I hope that you were able to to get something out of this. I hope that it was a blessing to you. And Lord willing, we will speak to you guys next week. God bless. Oh, yeah, baby. Sing. Sing.